the next episode of Nerd Clicks and Chill will start in three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick. And this is Carrie. And we are Nerd Flicks and Chill, and welcome to Game of Thrones First Take, exclusively on LRM. Season 7, Episode 5, Eastwatch, has just ended, and we're here to give you our first take on what went down in Westeros. But before we get into it, we also want to let you know that we'll be doing our full detailed breakdown of the episode, as we have every week, on our regular podcast feed, Nerdflix and Chill, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website, nerdflixandchill.com. All right, so, um, again, as has been the case many times this season, I'm not sure what the, what the lead is here, but I'm gonna go out on a limb right away and just say that the biggest moment, the biggest jaw drop shock moment came from Gilly in this episode. Really? Yeah. Because Gilly, in that conversation with Sam, confirmed maybe the biggest piece of news in this entire story. The number of steps in the Citadel? No, that <laughs> Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark were married, meaning Jon Snow is not a bastard, and heir to the Iron Throne. And Sam knows this. He does, kind of. He seemed a little bit dismissive. Did you, did it, was it just me, or did Sam totally do... A Jim Halpert take to the camera. Did you see that? <laughs> uh, not not quite, but I do know the look that you're talking about. I swear <laughs> to God, after she was funny. after she spouted off all the steps, I swear to God, he did a Jim Halpert take to the camera. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you in in that moment, just an unbelievable reveal in the show yeah. that has removed all doubt. I mean, last season we went through this whole Tower of Joy thing and we got the confirmation that Jon Snow was Lyanna Stark's son uh, and Rhaegar Targaryen's son, but now we get the further confirmation in a very subtle way that Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark were married. Yeah, because we were wondering how this information was going to get out. And I think we were all assuming that it was going to be Bran, of course, that tells John. But it looks like it might be coming from him or coming to him from two different directions, possibly. I think it'll be told and then confirmed. Yeah, I got to tell you, I really like the work that uh, Matt Shackman has done in his two episodes, Game of Thrones. Yeah, there, like, I thought he has done an outstanding job. No, I totally agree. There were a lot of there were a lot of moments in this episode where I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> there was a lot of really good little moments in this episode. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, so much to unpack from this episode. Cersei is pregnant. Yeah, um, you know, Littlefinger is setting up Arya to create some weird friction between her and Sansa now. Yeah, well, I, I will say, though, at first, the whole thing with Cersei, when she's like, yeah, we're going to be fighting for this. I didn't see that she was pointing to her stomach. I thought her right. hands were a little lower, and I was like, wow, okay. And then even... Pointing to her lady business. Yeah, and then with Jamie's response, I thought he was just like, excuse me? And, like, I, I mean, he was, but I thought it was for a different reason, but it wasn't until he said something that I understood what she was talking about. 
I mean, this this episode, maybe more than any of the others, uh, I felt like the pacing was really frantic. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, I mean, it's not that Dragonstone and King's Landing are that far apart. They're actually very close. Um, it's like a DC and a Baltimore situation, so you can get down and back pretty quickly. Um, but the thing that I found fascinating is that of all the episodes that we've seen so far, this was the one that felt like it was at the most breakneck pace. This one just covers so much ground. It does, because you have one scene, it's like, they're talking about it, next thing they're doing it. Then, well, not it, but you know what I mean. This was one of the episodes where there was nobody doing it. But it was like, they said it, they do it. They're saying it, then they do it. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. It's Holy crap, I almost had whiplash. But I will say that this episode, I have such a different feeling after this episode than what I did from last week. I mean, last week I was, well, yeah, I mean, last week I was like buzzing with, oh my God, I can't believe what I just saw. And this week, though, the feeling is almost just as intense, but it's a different feeling. Like that episode left me feeling really stressed. Like from the (laughs) very beginning, I found this episode to be incredibly stressful. And then, of course, leaving us with a cliffhanger like this, another week of cliffhangers. Um, yeah, I am stressed right now. <laughs> well, I mean, this one left me anticipating next week's episode in an enormous way because <sighs> this this squad of John, Tormund, Jorah, the Hound, yeah. Peric Dundarian, Thoros of Mir, this is like an all-star squad going north to take on some White Walkers. Like, I have a feeling it's going to be horribly sad and a lot of our favorite characters are going to end up dead. Yeah. But it's going to be a badass you know, mountain fight against White Walkers. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be incredible. Well, it's it's that squad, and if you looked as uh, under um into the the gates of the wall, it looked like there were other people that were coming with them. Like, oh, that's like the Westerosi version of Red Search. Red, yeah. sh- oh, I can't even talk. I'm so stressed. My 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 stomach isn't tied, and then so is my tongue. Apparently, red shirts. Yeah, Whew. I was looking to was get painful. a count. I was looking to get a count on exactly how many people there are because uh, they know. could be recreating another scenario from uh, Game of Thrones lore, like kind of like the last hero, um, kind of a recreation of that. So that'll be interesting. I'll do a little bit more research into it. Uh, I also for- forgot to mention Gendry is part of uh, this yeah. Squad that's going north of the wall. And man, Gendry, what an impactful return. <laughs> it made me laugh because we had um, Davos like, I thought you might still be rowing. Yeah. <laughs> that was totally fan service. A little nod to the fans on that yeah, one, Yeah, huh? total fan service. I loved it. But I love it because Gendry is kind of like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do this. We're, I'm just going to go. I'm ready to fight. I can swing a war hammer. I'm ready. Yeah. It was like Davos was fully prepared to have this like motivational speech as he's so good at doing. And he gets, he doesn't even get out the full sentence and Gendry's like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like, oh, and well, that I, was easy. I also, I also love the, the immediate interaction with Jon Snow where he says to him, you know, I'm Robert Baratheon's bastard. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see the sons of Robert and Ned teaming up to yeah. see, to see Gendry wielding the fucking Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling that Gendry's probably going to end up dead. I, I think most of that crew can end up dead. Well, and that's why I was going to say that I don't want him to come back for them to all of a sudden him die the next episode. <laughs> 
Like, it's possible that maybe only John comes back. Yeah. I'm afraid that might be... Because he's the only one that has Valerian Steel on him right now. Or maybe one more. Uh, My early read on it is that it might be two people that survive. But uh, who knows? Well, they they might have some of those dragonglass weapons, too. Yeah, Well, I would hope that he snagged some before he left um, Dragonstone. Or at least some shards or something. I mean, there is just so much to unpack in this episode. I mean, it started right off the bat with that incredible scene of Daenerys uh, cooking up some Randall and Dickon. Damn. Damn. Yeah, man. But I will say, how beautiful was that shot as the camera kind of comes up and you see Drogon sitting on that mound, that little mini hill with the sun behind him. Like, kind of coming through his wing membranes. It just, it was so beautiful. It looked really yeah. cool. Like, the, the, this is the budget stuff that we're starting to see. Yeah. And this is why there's only seven episodes. Yeah. They decided, you know, we're going to, we have to compact this show, but we're also going to make shit way cooler. And that shot of Drogon is incredible. I also love that nobody bends the knee, really, until he, like, roars at them. And then, like, they all just fucking kneel. Well, and then later on, it was like they couldn't kneel far down enough. It was like, do you need me to dig down into the ground? I, I can kneel d- farther down if you like. Yeah. Oh, crap. I mean, what about the what about the um, the juxtaposition of Daenerys, you know, executing Randall and Dickon Tarly and then have Jorah reunite with her later who was just saved by Samwell Tarly. Right. Yeah, I was incredible. I was waiting for that to come out when she's like, you know, you found a cure and then John is standing right there and I'm like, this is going to be it. This is what he's going to say. Yes, this guy Sam at the Citadel and immediately John is going to, you know, put the two and two together and I I was waiting for that moment but (laughs) I have to say it kind of made me chuckle when Danny went to Jorah to, like, give him a hug. And it was like, I'm just picturing him standing there, like, like just totally spewing in his pants. And when that happened, <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you another amazing moment in this episode. Jon Snow touching the head of Drogon. Yeah! That was pretty powerful and intense. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen one other character aside from Daenerys to be, be able to get that mm-hmm. close to the dragons, and that was Tyrion. Yep. Um, but I mean, John just was just there, and he he, uh, you know, stuck his hand out like just not there was fear, but not a lot of fear. I, just really awesome, and I mean, more not hints, but just more stuff, kind of underscoring that Targaryen lineage. Well, and it was funny, too, because, like, after it happened, you know, there's a couple shots of Danny looking down, like, what the fuck? And then Drogon, like, looks up at her and is like, did you just see that? Did you see what just happened? <laughs> but I'm telling you what, I I think any woman that owns pets can relate to this moment that, you know, you consider your pets like your children, right? And that's how <laughs> she feels the dragons. But when one of your pets really takes to a guy that's like a really cool moment and so i'm like i am feeling you right now danny i'm totally feeling you right now yeah i mean the the heat again palpable yeah. between daenerys and john although jorah's there and maybe a little bit of jealousy i don't know no 
no. <laughs> well, she even says at one point, you know, and he's getting ready to leave, and uh, he's like, oh, you're not going to have to mess with the king of the north anymore. She's like, oh, I was growing used to him. I was like, oh, a little flirtation going on there. Giving it back. Yeah. I, I mean, again, and then we also have um, Tyrion and Varys talking about Daenerys and having to kind of, like, get her under control. I, I'm... <sighs> I know they're teasing this kind of mad queen potential with Daenerys. Am I the only one who thinks that what happened was not all that awful? I mean, maybe the way that it's done is terrible. But, like, Tyrion's right when he's trying to, like, ju- like rationalize it. Like, yeah, Randall Harley war- did take up arms against her. Yeah, but war is war. I mean, you're not, you're not you don't wage war to, to cuddle. You know, right. it's like there's lives that are going to be lost and, and she could have, she could have done way more damage than what she did. You know, it was kind of like, let me just give you a taste of what I'm capable of. You know, go, it's kind of like, watch this and now you go back and tell her what you saw kind of a thing. Um, no, yeah, you're not, you're not getting, you're not waging war to go and cuddle or tickle somebody. I mean, that's, this is the price of war. They know this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that Tyrion and Varys scene where Varys is holding the raven that, that Bran sent out because Bran's trying to get word to everybody. Uh, interesting thing about that raven, when John is reading it, he says that he thought Arya was dead. He thought Bran was dead. So wouldn't that mean that John believed that he had three brothers that were dead? Yeah... I didn't understand the math on that because Daenerys mm. said to him a couple episodes you back, lost two "You lost two brothers, yeah. right, Robin Rickon." But he would have known that Bran was alive because Sam told him that he saw Bran way back. Hmm. I mean, maybe he assumed that Bran was dead. Not really confirmed. I just thought it was kind of an odd thing. Yeah, maybe they're just had. Well, maybe it's just because there wasn't confirmation of it, and he hadn't heard anything, and he knew that he was north of the wall, so he was just assuming that maybe there was. But it's like one of those things, like you you don't want to admit it until you have confirmation of it. And so I think that maybe why he said too, I I thought he was dead, and instead of he knew that he was, de- I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying sure. to rationalize it. But Bran's ravens get everywhere where they're going. Uh, we see the scene in the Citadel where the maesters are, you know, debating and talking about what's going on, and they they're not believing what's happening. And no, I was just going to very frustrating for Sam. Well, I was just going to mention another little moment in here that made me laugh, and it was the scene with Tyrion and Varys, and <laughs> and he's like, "What? What does it say? What does the scroll say?" And he's like, "I don't know. It's a sealed scroll for the King of the North." And then later he's like, what did it, what was in it? Well, nothing good. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning that he's read it. He was able to unseal it and reseal it. Right. Um, But that was another moment that made me chuckle. And uh, the maesters seem totally out of touch. Oh, completely. And that's why Sam is all, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting thing. I like the fact they've got Sam back out on the road again. Yeah. Because he can kind of see what's coming. You know, these maesters are basically living the same as it ever was. And they're not prepared. I have that song prepared, stuck in so... my head now. Thank you. <laughs> Sam can go out and do a little bit more and maybe have a, a larger effect on 
on the the wars to come. Yeah, because I think it was going to get frustrating for us to continually watch him have to basically be chained into this area and and him feeling so helpless and and not being able to get out there and do anything and having to do these menial tasks like, you know, cleaning bedpans and scribing scrolls. So I'm I'm glad that they've got him out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see where he goes. He might head up to Castle Black. Uh, who knows? Maybe he'll go to Winterfell. That's where I'm assuming that he would go, would be right to Winterfell. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think? I mean, we talked about the Jamie Cersei, you know, pregnancy weirdness between the two. Uh, what did you think of their scene? I thought their scene was pretty fascinating. Yeah, it was really, I don't know. I'm, I've had such a hard time with Jamie this season and the beginning of this episode kind of it, it kind of made me think that okay maybe his character is going to get back on track he's seeing that Cersei's crazy he had this exchange with Tyrion and he's going to confront Cersei now and I, I don't know I just I have such a hard time with his character right now cuz I thought it was going to be going in a completely different way this season um but yeah, Cersei just, she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, I'm going to tell everybody that you're the father. And it's like, it's, it's almost like everybody's whispering it and everybody's kind of known that it's happened anyway, um, yeah. between the two of them. So uh, I, I guess she's right. You know, she's the queen. Who cares? She does what she wants. Well, and, uh, and we, we kind of get the idea that, you know, we talked about it in so many previous episodes in the, in, in our regular, podcast that you can find on our podcast feed, uh, Nerdflix and Chill on iTunes. Um, <laughs> we've talked so many times about one of the things that I have wanted to see from this show would be like this kind of like Council of Elrond moment where you have all these disparate people yeah. coming together to talk. Yeah. Uh, and that was introduced this week. Yeah. Um, but it seems like Cersei is going to try to exploit that to her advantage. Well, I mean... Does that surprise you? Of course she's going to. I mean, is she thinking, is she thinking she's going to get all these people in a room and try to red wedding everybody? Oh, I don't know. I mean, did they, was there any mention, I don't recall, of where this was going to be happening? Well, didn't Davos mention something about getting Daenerys into King's Landing? Well, I thought that was how, I thought that was in reference to Tyrion getting into King's Landing. To have the meeting with Jamie. I thought that was before. Oh, I don't remember. Eh, I'll have to watch it again, which I, but, I'm going to do anyway. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And then um, at the end of that scene, she hugs Jamie and says, don't betray me ever again. Yeah. By meeting with Tyrion, she felt betrayed. Yeah. And I think I think what you're saying about Jamie is 100% correct. He is somebody whose arc is very frustrating, but um I think it's now become abundantly clear that Jamie is at his most honorable the further away he is from Cersei. Yeah. In proximity, the closer he gets to her, the less honorable he is. She just has like basically has him under a spell, has him, you know, under her thumb. And it's only when he is away from her that his honor can come out. Yeah, you are totally right. And I was really kind of hoping, I guess, that from last last week's episode to this one, I thought for certain that Danny was somehow going to have Jamie and Braun captured. 
And I was hoping that with Jamie away from Cersei, that his, what I thought should be, his character was going to be kind of getting on track and, and following that arc that we had talked about before. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that just obviously really didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 interesting that we might have the potential to have all of the main characters um, in some kind of meeting or parlay or something. Yeah. I don't know what that might look like, but the fact that that idea was introduced leads me to believe that that might be something that we are going to see, which is super exciting. Yeah, I wonder if it was be. It, it, I wonder if it would be something we would see next week, or if that's something that it would build up to, and that's how this season is going to end. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a pretty a pretty sweet finale. Yeah, if everybody is is meeting to to take a look at you know if John is able to bring back one of these White Walkers, which feels like a very difficult fucking thing to do. <laughs> all, um, all I can think of is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Like it was just it was making me think of of Shaun of the Dead and them like walking a white on a leash or something. I I don't know. I I just it made me laugh. <laughs> right. I mean, uh I don't know. This this could be a very wild ending to this season and that's very exciting. Yeah. Uh and then of course there's the going on up at Winterfell where you've got some of the northern lords expressing frustration to Sansa. You've got Arya suggesting that Sansa be more firm with these Northern Lords. Yeah. And then Littlefinger and, causing some yeah, shit. Yeah, Littlefinger and this uh, hidden scroll that we come to find is just done entirely to set up Arya. And I could not see what it said. Like, I, my eyes couldn't concentrate on the handwriting, and all I saw was that it was signed by Sansa. But other yeah. than that, it was like I was trying to look really fast and I my eyes just wouldn't settle on anything. So I'm going to have to go back and watch it and kind of pause it at that moment to see what it says. Because I don't know what the big deal is right now. So from what I understand, and I was only able to really glance at one thing before we started recording this, is that that scroll contains kind of some admissions of some of Sansa's earlier... Um, kind of misdeeds that somebody like Arya would totally read the wrong way. Okay. That essentially like it essentially it would make her responsible for um for basically the situation that Ned Stark wound up in. Oh, okay, okay. And I think and and you know, again, this is first take, so it's only our immediate reactions. I haven't had time to research it. I think that's why I don't know if you remember there was a lot of northern hostility towards Sansa Stark. Right. In the earlier seasons of the show. And I think that stuff is going to be trudged back up. Gotcha. But I still don't buy it. I still don't buy it. I still think this blows up in Littlefinger's in his face. We know what his plan is, but I just don't think it's going to work. No, I don't either. Because, I mean, that's one of the things that Arya learned with the faceless men is is learning when somebody's lying. Right? That's that little game that they used to play where they would constantly ask her questions and it's like they want to see if she's telling the truth or if she's lying. Right? So I think she's going to know if Littlefinger's lying or, I mean, she was kind of doing it with Sansa a little bit in this episode too. So I think she's going to definitely have the upper hand because of that faceless men training. I don't even know if it's the faceless man training as much as she could just hand that fucking thing to Bran and Bran be like, ah, this is bullshit. Well, that's true too. But that's not as exciting. 
I guess. <laughs> True. <laughs> but I mean, if I'm if I was her, I would take it to Bran and I would say, you know, what what do you think? Yeah. So I don't know. So I he's still like feel the, like he's like the uh, Winterfell Google right now. Possibly. Right, and we still haven't heard that uh, lone wolf dies, pack survives dialogue from the trailers yet. True, and I think that's gonna that's gonna come, and I have a feeling that's gonna have uh, a very heavy weight assigned to it. So I think there's gonna be a whole lot more uh, shifting around um, of 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 that dynamic up there between those two. But uh, again next week's episode i loved this whole thing when they get to east watch i love that there are all these crazy character connections yeah i love the torment asks asks john if he brought the big woman yes and he's got a little eyebrow raised oh i loved it <laughs> yeah loved it but i also love that the hound is there too and john's like hey you're the hound and you know of course there's thoros Amir who knows jor mormont and then you've got yeah beric dundarian there as well uh and then you've got jorah uh, whose father fought the wildlings and it's just this uh it's just this like dirty dozen kind of thing that's happening yes yeah and they're now heading north of the wall and this is you know i've always i've always loved you know movies like seven samurai and uh and like the dirty dozen and like so just this idea of this disparate group of people coming together to go kick some ass north of the wall uh it's gonna be awesome and i cannot wait for it yeah although uh, I have a feeling that a lot of our favorites are going to be in a lot of trouble next week. I know. I'm so. Uh, I'm. I'm afraid that Tormund's not going to make it. I'm afraid of it. I. I mean, I. I would say that I think that I feel like the Hound has a chance to get out of there, yeah. and I feel like John will get out of there. Um, that Jora. I don't know. I don't know if you would cure his grayscale just to send him off north of the wall to die. Um, yeah, and that's how I feel with um, Gendry too. It's like don't bring him back just to lose him the next episode. So right, I'm I'm right. not sure what they're gonna do with it. Yeah, or I mean, maybe I'll tell you, for man. maybe for that fact they feel that either one of them could be disposable. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I hope Gendry co- co- coats that warhammer in some fucking dragon glass. No shit. So that way he can, uh, so that way he can fight some of those things off. Right. But, uh, I was, I was pumped when Gendry was back. I was surprised of how much I was looking forward to seeing him. I saw his name in the credits and I was like, well, fuck, that's Gendry. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but I, wonder... I was surprised that, that when he came back, I was feeling it. I was like, yeah. I wonder how many people though were watching that episode and was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't he's know. been gone for a know. while. He's been he's been out of the show for quite a few seasons. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering if there were a lot of people that were watching tonight that were like, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah, because they didn't include him on the previously on, Mm-mm. which is usually what they do to like reestablish something. It was supposed to be a surprise. Yeah, so we'll see about that. So, what was your big moment from this episode? Because this this had so many. Um, probably John and Drogon, I think. Yeah, I think for me, too. That was the moment where I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. I think Although I held my breath. At the end. I think I held my breath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then the stuff at the end, of course, I really liked a lot, too. So I'm a little bit conflicted, but um, damn, like this was a chock full episode of just all kinds of shit going down. I think we're going to be getting more of that next week. 
Absolutely. And I cannot wait for next week's episode. And uh, for those of you guys that are listening, you can be sure to check out our full detailed breakdown of this episode of Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 5, Eastwatch. We're going to post that probably on Monday night, uh, hopefully. And we'll do a full in-depth breakdown of everything going on uh, in Westeros. We're going to be able to dig into that scroll uh, to find out what was exactly written on there uh, from Littlefinger's room. And uh, you know, we're going to do a full breakdown of the episode. So a lot of really cool stuff going on. And guys, hope you can join us. Uh, and again, you can find that on our regular podcast feed, Nerd Flicks and Chill. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just go to our website, nerdflixandchill.com. Until next week, everybody, may the Force be with you, because the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> 